Welcome to Real Talk with Real Sisters. I'm Brooke. And I'm Emily. And this is where we have conversations about the real stuff. Everything from relationships, health, faith, and daily life. Today, we're diving into the creative life that Brooke leads and how she got to that point. I can't wait to get into it. But before we get started, I want to get into our question of the week, which is, what brought you joy this week? Brooke, do you have anything that brought you joy this week? So for me, honestly, something that brings me so much joy is just being able to see my nephew smile at me. I feel like it's one of the greatest achievements when I can get him to smile or laugh at me. So that brought me a lot of joy this week. Oh, yeah, totally. I saw Felix this morning. Taylor, our older sister, brought him over to my house. She had to get her hair done. So I was able to see him and watch him for like an hour and a half. And that was really, really nice. Aw, I forgot about that. (laughs) So something that brought me joy this week was honestly just the simple coffee in the morning. Um, I know I've said this multiple times, especially when Mm. I'm alone and I can spend time in the word. Honestly, going on walks too has been really nice before work. So that's been something that's really brought me joy this week. That's awesome. Yeah. Love it. So for the people listening who don't know a ton about Brooke, we can just start with the basics. Brooke, how old are you? I am 24 years old. Mm. Where do you fall in line in our family? I'm actually right smack dab in the middle. I have two older siblings and two younger siblings. Emily is one of the older siblings, obviously. And then I have an older sister than Emily. It's Taylor. And then I have two younger below me, which is Ethan, my brother, and Isabella, my little Mm -hmm. sister. And how was growing up as a middle child? Do you think it affected you negatively? Honestly, it was not. It was not bad. Um, You know, there were moments where obviously it's hard because you kind of, I don't know, there's moments where you aren't really noticed as much because you're just right in the middle. But it's not like it was a bad thing for me. I kind of found ways around it and didn't really look at it as a, a negative. I almost was feeling a little bit more blessed because I was able to play two roles being in the middle. So there was a period of my life where I know Emily will um, understand this because obviously she went through it with me. There was just a period of our life where it just felt like it was just us three older sisters going through life exactly the same route and doing everything together. And so that was like a portion of my life where I played the younger child. And then after I sort of transitioned out of that and my younger siblings grew a little bit older, I and as um, Taylor and Emily moved out and started college and everything, there were a couple years there where I played the role of the oldest sibling. Both of those portions of my life played a role in the person that I am today because I was able to grow as a younger sister as um, as the youngest, being able to reflect and learn from older siblings on their experiences, sometimes their mistakes, which I think mistakes are necessary in life. You shouldn't look at them as a negative thing. And then transitioning to being the oldest sibling, I found that I learned how to lead and how to be an example. So I'm super grateful for both of those times in my life. 
there were times where I felt like I was the typical middle child always gets pegged as the peacemaker, um, wanting to always just like calm down arguments and things. But I feel like I kind of grew out of that. Probably one of the biggest influences on that part of my personality changing is my brother-in-law Shem. He kind of brought me out of that peacemaker role and more into like challenge things and think about things and don't fight arguments, but use arguments as not arguments, but debates, I guess, as productive tools to grow and challenge your own beliefs. So I feel like that was instrumental in my life and growing up and and, um, growing as a person. It wasn't until I was able to move from being a follower of Taylor, my older sister, and Emily to more of the leader. I didn't find that until I was able to find something that I did all by myself, which was this acting school that I took part in. I did that, I want to say the middle of, maybe it was the beginning of high school. I really can't remember because high school was such a blur, but I started that acting school and it almost was like a catapult for me to start independently thinking and independently doing things apart from my family and not feeling like I didn't know how to socialize, which is something I was struggling with, with other people. I was starting to develop those skills when I was forced to do that. And I think that it is super important for a child to do things on their own. No parents, no siblings. And seriously, up until that acting school, I did not know really who I was or didn't really know how to be an independent person at all. So I think that's super important for kids to experience. Wow, that's great. And I love you playing the role of a younger sibling and then the older sibling as well. I thought that I've never heard that before coming from you. And I think that's very true, especially since we as the three older sisters were very close in age And then also you being the older sister to our younger siblings who, I mean, what's the year difference between you and our brother? He's 21, right? Yeah. So it's like about three years. You've got three in three years. My mom has three girls. Yeah. Well, in in just about three years, maybe four. Mm -hmm. Bella and Taylor have a total of 10 years difference between them. So that's kind of mind-boggling to me, knowing and experiencing that closeness that I have with you and Taylor um, being so close in age. And then to see the 10 years gap, it just like, it doesn't compute in my mind as like, oh, that can actually be in a family. Yeah. And I think you've navigated really well playing that sister role for both the younger siblings and the older siblings. I feel like you just connect with each of us really well. And I, I definitely can't say the same. Wow, thank you. So tell me about your decision to go to college. How did you decide on interior design as a major? So I actually started with a business major and it only took me one semester to realize that that was not for me. It was just way too much business by the books. There was one class in particular an economics class that I just hated with a burning passion. And after I took that class and 
was not really doing that well. I chose to kind of go more artistic route because it was more up my alley at the time. I was doing this cake decorating class with my best friend and we both were wanting to do the same thing, interior design. So we decided since we're best friends right now and we're already doing everything together, let's just switch our majors to the same major. So I sort of chose that major because of my friend's influence, but also because of my own creative desires, I guess. So I didn't really pursue it out of college because it wasn't lining up with what I wanted for my life, which was a little bit more geared towards artistic outlets and interior design. A lot of the times I found, especially from what my professors were telling me from their own experience, they were telling me that it's a little bit more technical than a lot of people let on. And you have to write up this book called a spec book for every room that you design. And the spec book actually takes more time, a lot of the times, than the design itself for the room. And the design itself was what I wanted for my job. And to hear that something that I didn't want to do, which was this spec book that took astronomical amount of time you had to measure out how many inches a cabinet was and what machinery you were using for the room what place it was from was it from Lowe's was it from Home Depot you know all those like stupid things and I didn't want to focus on that I wanted to focus on the colors that are going on in the room and the fact that I'm able to flow the room in a way that works for the client that I have what I wanted to do was to take that education from college and use it towards a more artistic job and I just couldn't find anything that was more interior design geared but I was going to just take that education and maybe apply it to a different job that might not have been exactly what I went to school for but that education would help me in that field give me a little bit more perspective on a job right it makes sense why they would teach you those things and not just teach you how to draw up a plan Mm -hmm. or the more artistic things. So you're going into this degree already being artistic and you just need to know these specific technical things that don't really matter to you as much, you don't really care for, but there's something that you need to know as an interior designer. Right, and it did, the education that I got did develop my artistic skills a ton I mean it was not a waste at all and I don't look at that time in my life as wasted money or wasted time or wasted energy at all I look at it more as even though I'm not an interior designer today I'm using the things that I learned from that as experience gained and education Mm. gained to apply to the things that I do today Mm. Do you think you would have picked a different major now than you did back then? I think I would have, yeah. I think I would have chosen probably a more basic general studies because although interior design was so fun, it was also a lot of work. And you want to put the work in for a cause. And a lot of the students that were alongside me went to another college after this, got a bachelor's or a master's in design and became like one person went and worked for a firm. This other guy worked for 
he was like becoming an architect um so it's it's great that education that i got from that was great but i looking back i would have chosen something a little bit more general because i really didn't know what i wanted to do at that point interior design was not even on my radar before my best friend at the time was like hey i'm interested in this want to join and i was like actually i really like artistic things let me do that with you so yeah looking back i probably would have just done something general so maybe i should have just paused maybe i should have just waited and and thought about it and really went out in the world and actually had experiences and seen what i was interested in and then if college was going to help me with this one thing that i needed to learn more about maybe i would have gone back and done something specific but as an 18 year old who had a community college right down the road and it was already kind of in the agenda i don't know i think i would have stuck stuck with the more general but do you think you were forced to go to community college after high school because honestly all four of us so far aren't even using our degrees even though they're two-year degrees or trade school degrees we aren't even using them yeah it's hilarious it's honestly just i don't know i think it's it's a social thing where you just kind of feel like that's the thing to do and so many people i think realize this at this point we just feel this social pressure to go to college and for me I don't feel, I still look back at it and I don't feel like it was a waste. Even though it was social pressure, we went to community college, which was super cheap. We came out of it with no debt. I paid for, I think I paid for the last two semesters, which was super good for learning how to earn my own way and pay for my own things and be an independent person outside of my family. Being able to pay for something like college which is such this like astronomical thing that kids think it's like oh my parents have to pay for it it's this liberating thing if you're able to pay for your own education Mm. it's really cool now going on the whole community college thing do you wish that you would have gone to say a four-year state college or an out-of-state college well the only thing with that is if i mean i didn't i'm gonna be honest i didn't even think about it because the college that we went to was so cheap. I was like, this is obviously the place I'm going to go because I don't want to be in debt. However, I would have, of course, loved to go to an out-of-state college. Specifically, I would have loved to study abroad a little bit because of the adventure of it. I think it's like so thrilling and exciting and cool to meet someone that has been to Europe and studied in Europe. I think that's such an interesting amazing experience you can have as a young person to kind of broaden your horizons and your visuals on the world to be able to experience living in a different place and meeting different people that didn't grow up the same way that you did um those are just like i I would have loved to do that and i still kind of want Mm. to at some point (laughs) for sure yeah i mean you're still very young so if you wanted to do that i'm sure there's a program i mean after all of what's going on in the world right now is over. Yeah. You could definitely do that. Or even just like go for yourself. You could rent an Airbnb. I'm sure they have plans like that for people. There's always something. Yeah. 
Yeah, I almost actually did this one thing my friend suggested because I was like just talking about how I wanted to go to Europe so bad, but I didn't have the money and thought it was this thing that just was not attainable for me. And she was like, you should go be a nanny in Europe and that'll just pay for you to be there. Yeah. So... And you could live with them. Exactly. And be a live-in nanny. And then you could just eat bread and brie the whole time you're there. Exactly. That's a great life. So cheap. <laughs> yeah. So Brooke, what do you do now? What I do now is I am a manager at my older sister and brother-in-law's cafe that they own. Yeah. So I'm a manager at that coffee shop and I was a barista before that, but now I'm just kind of playing the role of manager because my sister had a baby and is starting this family. So she can't really run the shop that much anymore. So I'm kind of taking that role over until someone else comes or she goes back into that position. Besides interior design, what are some different artistic areas that interest you? So I have always loved, loved, the wedding industry. I'm obsessed with it. I can't get enough of it. That's so funny because I feel the same way lately. I don't know if it's just because I got married recently, but I feel like I am so interested in how everything works. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. And there's so many details that go into the day that I'm just, I love to just pinpoint each little detail and make sure that like the napkins are specifically laid out this way and there's like little escort cards that are so intricately intricately designed that are like the little details that people as a whole if you see all the details as a whole you look at this day and you think wow this was the day that people will remember or will be so special for the bride and groom I just like I love everything about it mm, for sure maybe that's something we could collaborate on yeah hey mm. hey <laughs> so something a little bit deeper what is one of the hardest things you've had to endure thus far in your life and how did you grow from it okay so I think for this one I would have to say when I broke up with my ex would be the hardest thing that I've gone through thus far. I think the way that I mm. grew from it was it challenged me to take what I was saying in my life and actually walk it out. And it challenged my core beliefs. And whenever something challenges your core beliefs, it gives you an opportunity to grow and prove to yourself why you believe in them. And I love, I mean, I didn't love the experience, but I loved what it brought in my life after that. Yeah, I feel like you became a completely different person. And we couldn't say, oh, you haven't had a boyfriend yet, so you don't know what it's like. <laughs> Which you, you pulled that one on me so many times. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't even know what it was in reference to, but I remember Taylor and I would always be like, well, you don't know what it's like because you've never dated a guy before, so. Yeah. Which is so mean. Never say that to your younger sister because that, I feel like, puts a lot of pressure on, maybe on you, it put a lot of pressure to just, like, go out and date somebody. I don't know, but it, like, it does ring a little bit of truth, though. You can learn 
from other people's mistakes. Which I feel like you did a ton. You, out of all of us, I feel like have learned from at least Taylor and I's mistakes. Oh. Well, I mean, I feel like you can do that or you can choose to ignore it and just do your own thing. Mm. Um, so I, yeah, I just feel like there is an element of truth to you don't really know what you're talking about until you've gone through it. Um, and with this whole breaking up with my ex, I feel like I just became someone who knew exactly what I wanted after I broke up with him. I was mm-hmm. like, this is what I'm after. This is what I want for my life. I'm not playing games anymore. And I was able to walk out of it a much more intentional person with my life. So I'm grateful for it. Oh, definitely. So have you ever questioned God or your faith? I have. And I think that it's actually necessary in your walk with God. So hear me out. I think it is seriously necessary for you to question what you believe because, like I said before, you don't really know what you believe until you're asked to prove it. So that is a way for you to kind of also be able to defend yourself when somebody comes up to you and says, like, well, why do you believe that? Da, 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 da. You can say, well, here's why, because I actually questioned it myself beforehand. So I think it's I think it's a necessary part of your walk with God and you should definitely question your faith. And I know you're only 24 now and to most that seems young. It seems young to me as someone who just turned 26. Uh, What year do you think was the hardest to get through so far either socially, financially, with your job or whatever? What, What was the hardest year and why? So I think around 21 or 22 was when I was really tested. And that's the years that I was dating that person and broke up with them. And anyone who's been in a relationship can understand that when you're in a relationship, you spend the most money and you're the most emotional, I think. So I just was all over the place with my budget. I don't know. I don't even think I tracked anything. I think I. it was the most the most frequent amount of time in my life where I would look in my bank account and see the zero. So many weeks on end. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, I think that although it was a trying time, again, it like taught me so much. So I am grateful for it. But yeah, that was, those were the toughest Mm -hmm. years for sure. Wow. So I know you love traveling and have dreams and desires to go to Europe. Where is one place you want to travel to after all of these COVID restrictions have lifted? Yeah, I definitely want to go to Europe, um, but the specific place that I am dying to go to is Paris because I, mm. um, we grew up, Emily and I did, and our whole family, thinking that we were more French than we actually are. We're actually more Irish, um, but I just ever since have been so entranced and in love with the French and every way that they live is so beautiful. So I would love to just go experience that for a time and then reflect on it, maybe add some things that they do into my life. You know, yeah, I just, I would love to just go visit them sometime. I love that. I hope I can come with you. I would love that. (laughs) 
(laughs) So to wrap it all up, I just want to ask you, what piece of advice would you give another 24-year-old person? I would say to a 20-something that's listening right now that as someone who has sort of run from pain and not wanted to face pain a lot of her life, I want to encourage you to allow pain to happen in your life, not to run from it, and to use it as a tool to grow, to challenge your walk with God, to grow deeper in your relationship with God, and to learn more about yourself. Because at the end of the day, you're not perfect, I'm not perfect, and we're all just learning here. (laughs) I love that, Brooke. No one can escape pain. Everyone has to go through it. It's just how you handle the pain in your life or the hard times that you're going through. And I think that it's very valuable to know that you can grow from these painful situations in your life. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's all that we have for today. Thank you guys so much for listening to Brooke's story, the very glimpse of Brooke's story. And next week, we're going to be talking about me, which makes me a little bit nervous. But I'm super excited to share a little bit more of my life. Thank you, Brooke, for opening up about yours. Thank you. And thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.